Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. It is important to understand that everybody travels a different path to success. I tell people that all the time. That's because your brand is different. The challenges you face in your life will be different. So you need to start reading other people's success stories and really start writing your own, really, because it's your story. And that story you just read is their story. And so the only way you're going to be successful is by putting effort into what you want to do. I bring people on the show to talk about the effort that they're putting, the committed effort, the effort to be successful. My next guest is one of those people. Her name is Christina Anthony. You know, we already talked a little bit. She's based in Los Angeles. She's from Chicago by way of East St. Louis. So we're going to talk about that because I was a traveling stand-up comedian. So I've been in St. Louis. I've been in Chicago. And I've definitely been in Los Angeles. She's a mostly talented actress, writer, vocalist, and comedian. She's originally from the Chicago comedy scene and is best known as an alum of the featured Second City, which we all know. I never went there. Uh, it's a talent. I know that because I never had an improvisational skill. That's something I could not do. I, I would tell anybody I cannot act, but I can tell you a good joke. She's three times an award nominated sketch Reverend, sketch sketch performer and performed thousands of shows for Chicago audiences. Currently, Christina is a series regular on the ABC's Mixish, a blackish spinoff. Christina currently stars as Aunt. Denise on ABC's series, returning for a second season on Tuesday, January 26th, what you call regular check, regular check, regular check of this year, 2021. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation. She looks like a diva to me. She says she does stand up, but she got that diva look down pat, y'all. Please welcome Christina Anthony. Hey, Rashawn. Thanks for having me. Well, I'll tell you something. You know, know, let me tell you, you a multi-talented actress, writer, Vocalist, we can stop right there. Right now, you look like you' about to bust out with a good old. I'm telling you. You know what? That's really how I got my start was doing musicals mm-hmm. in uh, in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I really got my start there. I wouldn't say I, I love to do musical theater, and I've worked off Broadway in New York. But um, where I really found my groove was like that funny part in the musical, right? And I, I would remember I would go to auditions or I would be in a show and they're like, look, we need to work on this, this dancing for sure. You need to practice. <laughs> uh, but the, and the singing, everybody can get better at that. But the comedy, they're like, you have this down. And but the dancing, though, they say you could dance. The oh, dancing. Mm-mm. A black person couldn't dance. Now, you know, we could we, we could we could do, we could talk about that now. Well, there's it's different kinds of dancing now. Okay, you, now, there's, you in the, there's, you, you yes, know, you in the Chicago, you know, where they dance up in Chicago. Yeah, you know that Steph, now. Come on. Stephanie, step, right. Come on, come, come on now. Come on now. And you telling me in Chicago, you couldn't step? I can step. But okay. you, when you go to Broadway for the Lion King, they don't want to see you do some old lounge dancing <laughs> in your church shoes. They, they want to see... Some real dancing. So, yeah, not formally trained, but I, I got it together. Okay. So okay. I, I've done some dancing uh, off Broadway, but comedy is my sweet spot. I mean, that's what comes naturally to me. Well, you know, I, you know, my history, uh, I, I left IBM to pursue a career as stand-up comedian. 
did Def Jam, BET, all the comedy uh, shows, uh, wrote on comedy sitcoms. So I cut my teeth at comedy. Comedy is why the, the basis of my success, you know. So what what what's that natural? I always tell people comedy is like making a sharp left or right turn when you from a, with a specific point of view, and that's where the laugh comes from. So right. so are, are you a comedy actress or a comedian? You know what? I would say I started off as a comedy actress mm -hmm. and then eventually, yeah, I, I, you know, earned my stripes and have done the rounds in the stand up mm -hmm. world. So, yeah, I consider myself a comic now. Mm -hmm. um, and then interesting enough, like when I was in out when I came to L.A., I've been in L.A. 10 years now. Mm -hmm. You know, I started hitting the stand up scene and people have been so warm and so welcoming. I mean, they haze you at first, but once you in, you in. And I think there I started to just focus on my stand up and it was I was really surprised to end up on Mixed Dish as an actress mm -hmm. um, and as an improviser. You know, it's just it just you never know. So that's why you just kind of keep just saying yes to the next thing. Right. And keep honing those skills because you don't know where the next opportunity is coming. But don't ever, you know, just completely throw something away. So acting, you know, now I have to focus on that because I'm giving other people's words. It's not my jokes I'm right. writing someone else's job. But you're still bending yeah. it to your personality because, you know, as a sitcom writer, I know that what I've written, I expect it to be funny. You know, I expected that right there that I've written certain lines that when you get to that point, some humor should come out of that. But a talented actress or an actor can sometimes find humor I didn't see. A humor or humor that, wow, that's funny. Or you just a natural on your feet or just, especially those table reads because those table reads are like, you know, because you walk away saying making adjustments to the script. So a table read can be a nightmare for a writer or it could be a blessing for a writer based upon how it's, it's done. And just explain everybody the table read. What happens is you write the script and then all the actors and actresses sit around the table along with the executive producer and they read every line in the script to the end of the script. Unless you go through that, you know, you'll make notes where that didn't work or that or that storyline direction is not making any sense. Or sometimes you might you might increase an actor and actress's role based on how that reaction was in the script. You go, wow, I didn't see that. We should build that up more. So when you're doing these table reads and, and like you said, you're doing somebody else's words, you're not as a stand up. You're just doing the words that you created and you putting your bins on there. What do you what do you take when you first get a script, a sitcom script, in this case, mixtures? What are you looking for in your scripts? Um, I think that that um, you bring up a great point. It is somebody else's words. So the first thing I'm going to try to do is read the whole thing. Right. And I have to say, if you're starting out in acting, no matter what it is, if it's, you know, plays or you're doing uh, on camera, you want to do TV film, try to get your hands on the whole piece of the script, the whole body of work. You mm -hmm. don't ever want to just read your part. So that's the first thing I do is make sure I read the whole thing. So I understand what everybody is going through in the episode. Mm -hmm. And then I'll go back and circle around to, to my, to my scenes. Mm -hmm. And in those scenes really, um, like you said, yes, kind of bending it towards your personality, mm -hmm. making the words my own, mm -hmm. um, you know, the writers, our writers are amazing on Mixed Dish. They come from so many different great shows. Mm -hmm. But um, 
there is a time sometimes I will improvise and maybe throw something in myself, Mm -hmm. but I don't do that during the table read during the table read. Like you said, it's the time for the network is there, the Mm -hmm. producers, all um, the different departments are listening. So you want to do it word for word. Yes. And then, um, yeah, once I've done that, I think, you know, try to think about each scene. They tell you the next day, here's the scene we're going to be working on. Mm -hmm. And then you start working on that scene and thinking about the things that you want what my character wants to achieve, but really also just, even though I have the words there, acting as if I'm doing this for the first time. And I think for improvisers and standups that can come, I hopefully it comes naturally to you because you learn how to do standup. The key to standup is working a joke over and over again, sometimes for years on the road, right. but always making it seem fresh to the audience. And so that's what I try to do personally when I approach the script is even though I've read this, you know, 10, 20 times, even though we've done the scene 10, 20 times, I want to make sure it always sounds fresh because when the audience sees it, they don't know that I've been doing it over and over and yes. over again. You know, it's really funny. I remember when I first uh, went on stage as a stand-up, I remember the first time I did stand-up, I got a standing ovation, you know, and it was like 1.30 in the morning. I was still working at IBM full-time, and so I ran off stage. And so the next time I went on stage, I had a totally different set. And the next time I went on stage, I had a totally different set. I, did, I wasn't getting, I didn't get the response that I had gotten the first time. And then this comic walked up to me and said, hey, man, why do you keep changing material every week? I said, uh, don't you supposed to do that? He said, no. He said, dude, dude, whatever you did the first time, you're supposed to still be doing that and then adding to the funny parts of that set. That's how you get to five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. So he said, I said, but he said, dude. It's a different audience every time you go on stage, fool. Oh. Oh, okay. So what she's saying is basically you have to do that. You have to be able to get that to get to that 45 minutes unless you do a comedy special. Then you have to do the material or no whole new uh, array of jokes. But your goal is to be funny. Five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And you may be doing the same joke maybe two or three years to get it right. That might be your killer ending or your killer opening, or you know, you know, you, you know, you've been on, you've been out in the comedy clubs because at the end of the shows, a lot of times they be paying those tabs, and people be more concerned about paying the tabs than listening to your jokes on stage. So you really have to have your killer moments to be able to hold their attention in the end. So as a stand-up, what has been the most frustrating part of being a stand-up, and then the blessing of being a stand-up? Um, well, I will say that was a that what you talked about is a big les- lesson I had to learn as an improviser. Yes. You know, when I would work at the Second City, people would pay to come see us, mm-hmm. get a suggestion from them and do a completely made up scene and make it look as if it had been rehearsed. Mm-hmm. And we would do something new every single night, mm-hmm. every single set. And then when I transitioned to stand up, I had to learn, like you said, how to keep working the same <laughs> joke over and over again and adding to it. And that's a lifelong lesson. Right. Um, I will say, though, one time at the Second City, I can remember when the check dropped, like you said, when the tabs Ooh. come mm. called the check drop, the checks were being dropped. And this group of ladies, you know, they mm. were out having a great time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just. I guess they wanted to split this bill and it was too complicated. <laughs> they were trying to figure out who had what and then how much tip because they were on a trip and right. they didn't know if they were in a big city. Do you tip more when you come to a big city? They got to be so loud. I stopped the show. Right, right. Bent over, went to the table, grabbed the check and split up the bill for them Right. and said, why don't you add 15% if each of you puts in 
$32. That's a nice tip. Right. Back to what I was saying. The audience laughed, <laughs> but I was so frustrated. Right, right, right. But you had to do that because, like I said, she's absolutely correct. The one thing that would destroy stand-ups, and you would know this, Miss Anthony, is drunks and somehow drunk women were the worst because somehow when a woman got drunk in public, that means they, everything was off. You know, they didn't care about nothing. They would be the worst people. Let it loose. Let it loose. Yeah. A drunk woman at a comedy club was the worst because you can't tell them nothing. Once they've once they've acknowledged that they're drunk in public, you can't shut them down. You can't get them out. Keep your hands. I don't care if you're white or black. I'm talking about it don't matter. A drunk woman, period. At a comedy club is a natural disaster to try to gain control of them. You're either going to kick them out or you're just going to kick them out. There's just one option there. Well, I'm going to say drunk people, period, can well, be uh, a disaster. I've been there on both sides. I've been on both but sides. People who talk. Yes, yeah. people who talk is a struggle. But that, that, that also, as the performer... Right. That's an indication to you. Mm-hmm. Go back and work on this material. Right. Tighten up that joke. Right. You know, don't, you know, sometimes you can be a girl. I will say I only did that one time where I like broke out and just was like, let me just talk to y'all for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say like that, that means you need to tighten something up. It's right. not funny. You need to or move more quickly and then later go back home and work on that you know, put that down. And also if somebody comes to you afterwards and is like, Hey, you know, can I, can I make a suggestion? Can I give you something? <laughs> right. You know, be open to that too. Cause other comics are watching you and it's so helpful. Um, you can't, you know, you can't kind of be outside of yourself because in the moment you feel like, Oh, they, the crowd was ganging up on me. Right, right. But other comics, if they really respect you and they like your work, they'll, they'll come up to you afterwards. And I say, receive it in the spirit is given. Right. Well, you know, the interesting thing about your career is, like I said, you could act. I, I can't act. You know, I, I've had acting opportunities and performed in an acting capacity. But, but your ability to be a, a improvisational comic, you know, means that, you know, you, you throw her a scene and she just pulls it out. You know, I always tell people when you're improving, especially when you interact with the audience, I always say if you can get you, you have to get the three lines, get the three lines of conversation with somebody in the improv. You know, so you, you can deliver funny. What, what rhythms or what techniques did you use, Christina, when you were doing your improv? Um, I would say, and I still use them now because I see the writers on Mixtus use it. I still use it in my stand-up when I'm writing stuff. But um, the rule of three is invaluable, it you is. know. So learning, if you can learn that, um, it's pretty easy. So when you're setting up a joke, you know, you want to, if you're listing items, mm-hmm. you know, first thing fits in the category, the second thing fits in the category. And then where you make the sharp turn is you make the, <laughs> the third yes. thing, yes. what yeah. the, what the, the punches or the joke. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in improv, we have a, a rule of always learning to say yes. And so if somebody comes to you and says, man, did you see that man walking down the street with the blue hat? You don't stop the joke to say, no, I didn't see that. You right. say, yeah. Right. And he was walking an alligator. You know, right. you, you want to keep adding to the bit. Right. Um, when you're in, and that's when you're telling jokes with somebody else in ensemble. And it also works on mixed dish. We try to do that, too. You know, our our family is hilarious. You know, uh, Kenya Barris and Tracy Ellis Ross have created this world and we're just trying to keep it going. It's a prequel. And, you know, Tika Sumter, Mark Paul Gosler, mm-hmm. um, 
Gary Cole, they're all like really well-known actors and comedians. Mm -hmm. And so even though the work is scripted, I'm still saying yes to the bits, to the jokes that you have. And I'm trying to keep them going. Right. Now, now, when I look at your bio, I I see stand up, but also see serious roles. You know, I'm assuming that Why Women Kill, that wasn't a a comedy moment. Uh, ER, The Dilemma. So how were you able, but then I see multi-talented actress. You do put that at the very front. But you also say sort of comedic side on it. How did you translate a serious role in a comedic role? Because I want my listeners to hear that and my viewers to hear that about a person who's as talented as you, because you're willing to not limit yourself. And that's what you say. If an opportunity comes to you, Christina, you're going to present yourself for that opportunity, correct? For sure. For sure. Yeah, I think, you know, Why Woman Kill is a good example of... um, that's a show about women who murder their husbands. It's very funny. If you haven't seen it, check it out. <laughs> Not for the um, husband. Not for the husband. I'm a sister of one of the women that murders her husband. Um, but um, I think even in that role, I still was being a comedian, but yes. in a serious moment. Like we yes. think back, you can think back of like um, in black families, like when somebody passes away, yes. even though it is a somber occasion and there it is a sad event and it's a transition, there's still somebody that you know, Uncle Pete gonna always ask somebody, can he get a ride to the repast? Why don't you have a car? You know, or you know, Aunt Lisa is always gonna bring a boyfriend to a funeral. Why are you doing this? Right, and right. so you realize, you find, you know the funny moments even in the tragedy in your family. Right. right. So I think, so Why Woman Kill is a good example of that. It's right. a about a serious topic of, of domestic abuse and murder. Right. But the sister is like, I think I play a sister that's like, girl, I always knew that wasn't the man for you. <laughs> right. You know, and it's like, it's like, why are you gossiping at this point? We're trying to put a murder together. But there's always like somebody like that. So I think finding those light moments, you know, or people I can remember when my grandmother passed, you know, people the were problem. talking about. Here's the problem I'm having with you, Christina. You funny. You know what I'm saying? You're not even you're not even trying. You're just talking and I'm just laughing. And you just really just just really just having a conversation with me. But it's such a relatable conversation. That's your blessing, you know. So, yes, so, yes. so now you say you started in East St. Louis. How did you make it up to Chicago? I grew up in East St. Louis, and mm-hmm. you know, the famous people from East St. Louis are Miles Davis, <laughs> right? Jackie Joyner Kersey, the Olympian, mm-hmm. and and me. And you. Me. Three famous people from East St. Louis. Was Cedric, Cedric an entertainer? He wasn't from East St. Louis? Cedric the entertainer is from St. Louis, I right. think, which is the fancy city on the other side of the what, river. What about Lavelle Crawford? Lavelle Crawford, he, what part of St. Louis is he from? St. Louis. He's from St. Louis. Okay, cool. Okay. So Not East St. Louis. Louis is on the other side in right. Illinois. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's the cut. It's, it's, it's tough but, over there. It's tough over there. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I went to college at, at U of I in Champaign, mm-hmm. which is a little bit outside of Chicago, Absolutely. maybe like 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so afterwards, all my friends, I think my boyfriend at the time, they mm-hmm. went back after graduation, they went to Chicago. Right, right, so right. I just moved there too. So you followed and your man, you followed your man to Chicago or you just. I, my man at the time. <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go. And if you're going to, I'm going to say, don't follow men places, but if you're going to follow a man, do it after college. I mean, right. but after, be on your own. You right, right. Oh, good. And so yeah, that's, and yeah, that's, that's so, where I started my art career. So your, your college degree was what? My college degree is actually in psychology. Okay. My and college degree is mathematics. So 
neither, you know, nothing in my mind was sociology, but my, my degree was in mathematics. And so I went to work for IBM. So when you went from Champaign, got your degree, packed your bags, followed homeboy to Chicago, you got a job. What was your first job? My first job, so my degree was in social, I think it was social psychology or mm -hmm. ch child psychology, I can't remember now. Mm -hmm. But it, I was a social work, basically a social work type mm -hmm. bachelor's. Mm -hmm. So I went to work. I went. I think I went to work for the university doing outreach, like out, art programs. So I was still art adjacent. And the reason I didn't go to college for acting, which maybe some of your listeners are like at that age and they're thinking about doing that, um, was because my parents, they went to segregated schools. They came from Tennessee and they were like, you are, you know, I was second generation to go to college, but right. first generation out of segregation. Mm -hmm. And they were like, you're not going to go to school to be an actor. You're going to get a real job. Right. right, right. There's, there's just too much on the line. Right. right. And, but my father said, if you're really good, it's going to find you. Good. And so I went to school for something else. But then after that, you know, I kind of became a journeyman. Right. I had to piece my art education together. Right. So I started taking acting classes at night mm -hmm. and then I got into a play mm -hmm. with other actors that had been to acting school. So I would watch them and see what they would do. How mm -hmm. would they learn their scripts? How mm -hmm. would they break stuff down? Mm -hmm. You know, even now, too, when I go to comedy, you know, not so much right now during COVID, but when I would go to comedy shows, you know, I'm watching other people to see what you do. And so much of um, this business, you can't just you don't you're not just what you want to be, but you need to study to, to become that. But you can study in a variety of ways that's not college. Well, it's really they, a, many stand-ups know you don't go to college. Absolutely, you know, I, I, you know, you learn on the road. But you know, I, I look at you, and uh, you, you know, I, I, you know, I went through and did my little extra work on what they sent over, and I, you know, you have so many different looks that's on social media, you know, which yeah. I think is a blessing, you know, because you you can't be pigeonholed. You know, you can. Yes, you can I'm make a yourself, character actress. You, you, so you know, a fantastic, a fantastic character actress, and because mm -hmm. you know, you can look homely, you can look beautiful. Thank you. Look, you, know, Thank you, you. I saw some homely photos now. I went, just look homely here. Yeah. I put the homely and the beautiful photo together. Is this the same person? So I went, that's a, that's a, that's beyond acting, you know, to be able to pull that off. But the, the, the beauty of, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just reminding everybody, I'm talking to Christina Anthony, uh, one of the stars of Mixus uh, on uh, the ABC series that follows Blackish. Uh, you know, she plays Aunt Denise on the ABC series. Uh, she's out of Chicago, you know, Second City, one of the famous Second City. Uh, uh, what uh, John Belushi, the, the Bill, who all came out of Second City? Let's name some of the famous Saturday Night Live alums that came out of Second City. Yeah, Belushi, Tina Fey, mm -hmm. um, many you, people. You, but uh, you, John you. Candy came out of there. I don't think he, I don't. He was on SNL, I think. But yeah, a lot of people have, and then a lot of people that didn't go on SNL, like Stephen Colbert, came out of there. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's really many, amazing that. Uh, so before I let you go, because I, I, I feel that, you know, when I look at your career and I look at your resume, uh, I have to believe in myself, speaking honestly, the, the star is only going to get brighter for you. I, I, I you know, COVID, the COVID has set us all back. But I think in my life, I feel that it's only let you catch up with your competition. You're coming back in January with a show that's on the air. And and so it, it focuses you and tells you what your gifts are. And I think your gifts is if, I, if I'm looking at you, if I'm managing you, I say that it's the it's unlimited. First of all, 
this is me just looking at a person I've seen. I've been blessed to be working with a lot of star talent and you're attractive. You, you, you are just naturally funny. I mean, you just start talking, Christina, and you're funny. And that's very key. You know, I, I, I and so I just know that you can do drama. You, you, I haven't heard you sing, but you know, you, you bold enough to tell me that you got the chops because you've said Broadway several times during our interview. So obviously somebody let you in the room and let you, make some noise and it made sense and it sounded like singing and everybody said she got the skill. And uh, But what does the future hold for you besides me being so caught off guard by how talented you are? Because you never know until you interview somebody because some people can be, uh, you know, just really good at what they do. I think you can be good at anything that you do. Yes. Well, first of all, thank you so much for that. Um, yeah, I consider myself a comedian's comedian. So I, I, I aspire to to still just be really good at what I'm doing, no mm -hmm. matter what level it's at. So if I'm teaching children after school how to write jokes, which is something I love to do, or if I'm in a big film, that's great too. Um, but as far as what's next, I love my job as Aunt Denise on ABC's Mixed Dish. Um, but eventually, you know, all things come to an end. So I will, I can't wait to see like what the next job is. I'm mm -hmm. also very interested in getting into um, film and mm -hmm. doing I love I'm obsessed with action movies Marvel movies um, what's your I favorite love, action movie because I love action movies like you know I I, I, I love it. What, what 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 action movies this year caught your eye on either on Netflix alone do you watch Netflix yes okay, I do so, like um, is it old my come on come on now come on now come on now Hey, that was a sleeper hit, right? I'm you, I'm you when, when she walked out there, we talking about Charlize, walked out to I'll be right back. I'll give you yeah. a signal. And she walked out that door and wiped all those men. I said, that's my girl right there. That right yeah. there. That movie was so unexpected, right? I didn't know what to think of it. It was so amazing. Well, you know, um, yes, I love to try my hand in action. Of course, you know, Black Panther holds such a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. So, yeah, I would love that. Um, I've also like I still have my eyes on doing a comedy uh, special, my brand of comedy. Mm -hmm. um, and then I love to have my own sitcom, you know. Okay, you did. I love you kind of got up on your chair on that one. I'm gonna do my yeah. now, okay. You know, I, 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 all I know, you probably got super management around you, super agents around you, but you know, I always know you can call Rashawn, you know, if you got okay. an idea that you want to. Get in front of some people, but of course you're working with Kenya Barris. You know you can't get any better than that. So I'm sure you can get, walk through the next door and pitch your ideas to those people over there. But again, hey, you got an idea, you open your mouth to anybody that will listen. <laughs> there you go. I love you for that. Again, uh, I want to thank you for coming on my show. You, you really, really, uh, you know, uh, you've been introduced to me, and I'm a fan. I'm a follow you, and uh, I'm a support you. Have anything that you're doing, I'm a definitely post you on my social media. You are the star of. Uh, mixes as far as I'm concerned because guess what I've interviewed you I've also interviewed Tika but I'm interviewing you right now you are the star Aunt Denise that appears on January 26th Tuesday Mixes returns for his second season on ABC thank you for coming to my show oh thank you so much for having me Sean Awesome. If you want to hear more money-making conversation interviews or subscribe to Money-Making Conversation on YouTube, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host. <laughs>